It is Thursday morning already. This week has flown right by, and uh, it's hard to believe. Thursday. Wow. Where has the time gone? Well, hopefully you're doing well. Hopefully you're uh, uh, encouraged in soul, uh, regardless of your circumstances. And uh, I can't always multitask. I, I am the wrong gender, they tell me. You know, they say that the female gender is much more able to multitask than the male gender. So I'm trying to type just a few more good mornings to a few more folks here. Uh, although Don, on the other side of things, will, will pick up and, and do absolutely stunningly fantastic. Much appreciate his partnership uh, in this uh, in this endeavor all the way down there in um, 
Rhode Island. Yeah, he is in Rhode Island. So uh, we are talking today about remaining in Christ. How do we remain in Christ? What does it take for us to remain in Christ? And uh, we talked quite a bit yesterday about remaining in Christ. This morning, we're going to come back to that theme for a short little poke anyway, and uh, uh, to just have that conversation about remaining in him. Jesus in John chapter 15 really underscored living in Christ, living uh, within Christ, living, uh, remaining in Christ. Depending on the translation you're looking at, your translation could be uh, abide, your translation could be remain, but either way, we are called to make sure that we're living in Christ. Uh, And so often what happens is we just get living the Christian life and you know, we have the, the, the do's and the don'ts of the Christian life. So we do the do's and try to not do the don'ts uh, and think, well, that's what it is. But friends, that that is that is just the external part of the Christian life. And, and sometimes it's an overinflated, self-righteous, fleshly driven uh, approach of the Christian life. I mean, Martin Luther, prior to his conversion, when he understood grace, uh, would practice penance on his own body, whipping himself with whips and 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 uh, uh, denying himself certain things, hoping that 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 would be sufficient for God to welcome him. But the reality is that we only have access to uh, to Christ only have access to God through Christ alone, by faith. That, that is it. I mean, we, we, we trust in Christ. Now, then, then yes, we are supposed to uh, bring, our, uh, bring our bodies to death. We are to uh, reign our human flesh in. We are to do those things, absolutely. But um, it begins with faith. Faith is the beginning point, but but then we need to let that faith continue. Some, well, I've believed in Jesus. Now it's up to me to live the Christian life. Well, not entirely. I mean, there are some verses that remind us of the fact or teach us, instruct us of the fact that it's God's work in us. Uh, let me take you over to Philippians chapter three, real uh, chapter one, real fast. Philippians chapter uh, one, verses three through six says, I thank my God every time I remember you and all my prayers for all of you. I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. That last part of the verse being confident that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Um, he, he began the work. He is going to complete the work. He is, he is not going to leave you part way. He is going to take you the whole distance. He is going to make you into that person that he wants you to be he is at work in you. You are not living the Christian life all on your own. We we need the Spirit's empowerment. And uh, um, 
we need the Spirit's help uh, to to be able to live the Christian life. Now, let me take you to chapter 2 in the book of Philippians. And these verses we have seen before, but I'm underscoring them as critical to living life in Christ, this, this abiding in Christ's life. Philippians 2.12, therefore, my dear friends, as you've always obeyed, I mean, we do have an aspect of needing to live in obedience to our Lord, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Notice what it doesn't say. It doesn't say to work for your salvation. It says to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, to work it out, to, to live it out, to, to demonstrate the reality that you actually do possess salvation. If you have Christ in your life, it should be evident that Christ is in your life. Then it goes into verse 13 where it says this, for it is God who works in you to, to will and to act according to his good purpose. God is working in you. God is working in your will, and God is giving you the ability to act according to his good purpose. And we work together with God. Verse 12 states our responsibility to work out our salvation. Verse 13 states God's responsibility as he works in us to will and to act. There is a partnership. There is a relationship. We work together with Christ to live out the Christian life. We do not do it alone. It is the Spirit enabling us. It is the Spirit empowering us. And so we walk together with and we work together with the Spirit of God to be all that God wants us to be. Um, that is that is part and parcel. This is a critical part of learning to abide in him, that, that the Spirit is working in us. We're, we're not doing this alone. We're not doing it by ourselves. It, we're trying to work with God. We study the scriptures. We say, Lord Jesus, help me to apply uh, the word of God to my life. Help me to live this out. We we pray for the Spirit's help to overcome our weaknesses and to overcome our temptations, uh, to overcome our discouragements and all of those things. We work together with the Holy Spirit uh, to live the Christian life. And, and the Spirit in us is part of this abiding relationship. Let me take us back to John uh, and we were in John 15. Um, I'm going to take us back for just a moment. Down to John chapter 14. Let me show you this, these verses, John 14, 15. If you love me, you'll obey what I command. So here is this aspect of obedience, that we want to do the things that God wants us to do. Verse 16, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. So here we see this counselor being with us, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you 
this spoken in a future tense to his followers because it would not be until the day of Pentecost in, that we read about in Acts chapter 2 that the Holy Spirit would come and live within the believer. And, and now we have the prerogative of the Holy Spirit living in us. Um, in John chapter 15, let me take us over to 15. It speaks in all of this abiding type of language in these first several verses. Uh, and then you get down to verse 12. Uh, no, verse 9. Let me start us at verse 9. It says, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. We need to stay in the love of God. If you obey my commands, then you will remain in my love. So there is in this uh, there is this obedience aspect of living the Christian life. We we see the things that God wants us to do, or the things that God does not want us to do, and we seek to live in obedience to those things. Can I suggest that there's much more of what we need to do? And we get so bound up sometimes in in the negative aspects, don't do this, don't do this. We think we're a good Christian because we haven't done all these different things. Well, good Christians don't do this, and good Christians don't do that, and I haven't done those things, therefore I'm a good Christian. But if you haven't done the things that God wants you to do, you're only living half of it. There are things he's commanding us to do, things like loving our neighbors, things like praying for our enemies, praying for those who are difficult for us to uh, to put up with, difficult for us to endure. And so he says in verse 10, <coughs> excuse me, <clears throat> he says, if you obey my commands, you are made in my love, just as I have obeyed my father's commands and remain in his, his love. I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Friends, that, that he wants us to have joy. Joy in living in his commands, joy in living in his love. To know the, how deep and wide and high and, and, and immense is the love of God. That his joy would be in us and our joy would be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this. Then he laid down his life for his friends. And we, we understand that Jesus would be that one to lay down his Life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I learned from my father I've made known to you. You do not cho choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Then the father will give you whatever you ask in my name. This is my command. Love each other. Now, there's something here about verse 15 that uh, there's so much in this, and to see verse not verse 15, verse 16, you did not choose me, but I chose you to think that God chose us, to know the scoundrel that I was, and to think that God chose me, and then, but not only chose us, chose us and appointed us. He appointed me to go and bear fruit. He appointed you to go and bear fruit, lasting fruit. The next word is then. Then the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Sometimes we get things out of order. It's like, well, Lord, if you answer my prayers, then I'll go bear fruit. <clears throat> uh, and we, we need to figure out how to go bear fruit 
and, and then the then the father will be pleased because we're we're bringing glory to his name we're bringing honor to his name we are bearing <clears throat> we are bearing eternal fruit and he's pleased then to to answer our prayers and i, I would ask you to pray with me uh, i i'm trying to make sure that i'm doing all that i can to to bear fruit for christ and uh, i would ask you to join with me in prayer is as i seek the lord in terms of how to be even more fruitful more focused more you know and, and to bear the maximum fruit and, and part of it is the social media aspect part of it is what we do in these in these broadcasts part of it uh uh, is meeting with more and more people to uh, disciple some that are younger and to meet with those that are more discipled than am I and to learn from them and to be a catalyst for kingdom work uh, all over the state of Maine and beyond. So, And I, I, I ask you to pray with me in that endeavor and uh, that, that I would be what God wants me to be and that, that he would meet the needs that uh, that will be a part of those doing that very thing. So I, I just ask your prayers that you partner with me in the gospel, even as Paul talked about uh, back in Philippians 1 about how the Philippians partnered with him, that you would do the same uh, with me as well, and I'll, I'll provide you more opportunities of that. But to understand that, the, the, that we are, yes, we have our aspect of living obedience, but we cannot do it by ourselves. John 15, back at verse 5, he said this, he said, I am the vine, you're the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. And notice the last part of the verse. Apart from me, you can do nada. You can do zero. You can do zilch. You can do nine. You can do nothing apart from Christ. We need the work of Christ in our lives to do the things he wants us to do. Now, I want to go to chapter 16 and show us a little bit more. that This passage, this is the upper room discourse Jesus is talking with his disciples. This is critical teaching that he is giving to them. If it's critical to them, that needs to be critical to us as well to understand his work. So down at verse um, 4 of chapter 16, he begins, and you see the header here, the work of the Holy Spirit. I've told you this so that when the time comes, you'll remember that I warned you. I did not tell you this at first because I was with you. Now I'm going to him who sent me. Yet none of you ask, where are you going? Because I've said these things, you're filled with grief. I mean, they, they were becoming confused by what he was saying. He would be leaving them, going back to the Father. Uh, but then he says this, but I tell you the truth. It is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the counselor will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. He has gone back to the Father and now we have the counselor. Now we have the Holy Spirit. Verse 16, verse 8 says, When he comes, he will convict the world of guilt in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment in regard to sin because men do not believe in me, in regard to righteousness because I'm going to the Father where you can see me no longer, in regard to judgment because the world of this, uh, because the prince of this world stands judged. Verse 12. He says, I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. I mean, God gives us what we can bear. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. Our understanding of Scripture uh, is given by the Holy Spirit. It says he will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. 
he will bring glory to me by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will take from what is mine and make it known to you. I mean, the Spirit points to Jesus. Uh, the Holy Spirit doesn't point to the Holy Spirit for the Holy Spirit's sake. It is all for the glory of Christ. To the glory of Christ, to the glory of God alone, the Holy Spirit works, uh, not for his own glory. And some people look at the glory of the Spirit, but when really this teaching makes clear that that it's the glory of Christ that, uh, that we should be seeking in, in our own lives. So the practicalities, how do we live in Christ? I mean, that that is part of the question that we would ask this morning. How how do we uh, live in Christ? What does it take for us to to remain in Christ? Well, if I can suggest that some of what it takes for us to live in Christ, uh, being in the Word of God, spending time with other believers, listening to uh, YouTubes and podcasts and things like that that direct our hearts toward God, reading Christian books, maybe getting a Christian education. Can I suggest that? Some of you uh, maybe would be in a place where you would say, hey, let me sign up for New England Bible College, nebc.edu. I'll take some classes. I'll grow in the scriptures. You can you can participate. We do not have a... Uh, an online version yet, uh, online offerings that that you can take at your leisure. But if you would like to take some classes, you ought to check it out, nebc.edu, and see the class schedule that's there. You might say, I'd be interested in taking that class. There are morning classes, afternoon classes, evening classes, and uh, $300 for a course, accredited course. You could take a course for $50. Uh, and audit the course and, and grow immensely. But but these things, what else? Prayerfulness. Prayerfulness can help us to, to be able to live in Christ. Being prayerful, looking to him with prayer. What else can help us? What about uh, uh, worship, learning to worship God, learning to, to uh, not just on Sundays, but learning to worship him on Monday and on Wednesday and on Thursday and on Tuesday, not in that order, uh, but but learning to whisper prayers of gratitude and thanksgiving to God. I mean that that is how we remain in Him. I think being cognizant, consciously aware of the fact that Christ is with us and putting that into practice, uh, learning to when something is going tough tough in your life, learning. To let prayers just whisper off your 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 tongue and be uh, raised up to Christ, I, I think that that is something that that can help you in your uh, living this um, abiding life in Christ. I, I think that that is something that that truly really can help you uh, in that way. So I just want to encourage you. I mean, to to remain in Christ. I think being part of a small group is something that can help. Uh, this fall, we're going to hopefully, if the plan comes together, have se- several D groups, discipleship groups, um, where you can learn more about living as a disciple. And uh, part of living as a disciple is that you are to have an impact on somebody else. And we're going to try to offer different opportunities, different time opportunities for you to plug in and be a part of that uh, so you can grow as a disciple and as a disciple maker. That will help you to abide in Christ.
So uh, just sharing this uh, this this thought, uh, I always remember seeing the tremendous love of God in an offering of grapes and a hard-boiled egg. Yes, I, I saw that. God's love is so profound, uh, it's also so simple. Uh, the Holy Spirit is our guide. He directs us to go and serve others so that they may see God's love. Uh, the day that God had me give you, Pastor Jim, grapes and a hard-boiled egg, I was deeply touched by seeing a tremendous love for you, and it showed me how much he also loves each one of us. I mean, yes, being directed to to take action, to do things uh, for other people. Uh, it, it is so true, and it's simple. It isn't big, complex stuff. I mean, just that simple, you know, um, last night, uh, I couldn't sleep last night. I'm quite restless these days with with the stirrings of God in my life about things, and and uh, so I was on and, and was prompted just in my spirit, uh, something I've given thought to, but prompted. Okay, it was time time to pull the trigger and and give somebody a, a monthly support of a hundred dollars in, in their ministry, and uh, so I. I enacted that last night. It's something I've been thinking about for a little while now, and said it's time and. Uh, so it's a little thing. It's not a big thing. It's a little thing. And to uh, follow through, a little thing to uh, yesterday, uh, I was at the, the Bible college, and one of our staff members is is having some significant health things, young young lady uh, in her 20s, some significant health issues. And, you know, sometimes you can get busy about all the work of it. It's like, you know, if, if we are a Christian institution and we can't stop to pray with, with our own, there's something wrong. And, and uh I mean, it's not that we don't do that. We do do those things. But I just said, before we get into the day here, let's uh, let's stop and pray. and Pray for this young lady. Uh, laid hands on her, prayed for her. Uh, and she was so incredibly moved just by that, that show of support. I, I don't want to say that, you know, some miraculous thing happened in her life in that point, but she felt the support of the people of God in, in that simple thing. Now, we pray, and I would encourage you to pray for this young lady, not not going to share her name, but just you know, pray for the various health concerns and, and call her YL young lady, uh, and pray for her. I mean, there's some heart stuff going on, and, and not totally sure what the what's causing the issues, and and you know, uh, but you can pray. Just pray for YL if you would please, young lady, and uh, uh, that's a way of a show of support. What can we do to live in Christ? What can we do to abide in Christ? To to make the the determination in our lives that you know I I, I want to live with Christ today. I I want to walk with Christ today. I want to uh, hear the, the Spirit uh, speaking to my heart, kind of directing me. And and, and listen, when the if the Spirit is directing you to do a loving act for somebody, you can be pretty sure that that is the Holy Spirit uh, most often. Uh, it's when uh, you are inclined to do something that is going to bring glory to yourself that that may not be the Holy Spirit. Something is going to stir controversy that may not be the Holy Spirit. Um, but when prompted to do a loving act for somebody, I mean, I, I believe that is the Holy Spirit that prompting us to, or prompting us to pray, to stop and pray. I, I believe that is the Holy Spirit prompting us to pray, uh, especially if it brings glory to Christ and demonstrates the love of God to other people. Uh, 
the things that, that I'm praying about now are, are not as clear as that. Uh, some of the, the larger ticket issues, if you will, um, not as clear. And so it, it takes more time to discern the the Spirit's voice or Spirit's prompting, the Spirit's directing, the Spirit's guiding, however you want to put that, uh, sometimes about these things. It, it could be like, uh, uh, I mean, a, a decision to quit your job and uh, to, to start another business. You know, was that a spontaneous type of thing? Was that a prompting the Spirit? Was, you know, the Holy Spirit uh, maybe working in spite of self? I mean, the Holy Spirit works. We have to understand that the Spirit is part of helping us to remain in Christ. I know people uh, who uh, are remain theologically in Christ, Um but they are so aggravated of soul, they don't seem to possess the joy of Christ. They don't seem to possess the peace of Christ. Uh, sometimes I think because we we try to have it all figured out in our minds, and we, you know, and, and I understand some people being there uh, in that place. But I I will tell you that uh, if if you were bound up, if you are. Uh, lacking of joy, if you were, because Jesus, we even read about the joy that Jesus wants us to have this morning. I mean, even the end of John chapter 16, uh, he talks about overcoming the world. John chapter 16, verse 33. Uh, in fact, let, let me pick up at verse. And look at verse 27. The Father himself himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed I came from God. We believe he came from God. Uh, we, we experience his love ourselves. The Father himself loves you because you have loved me and believed I came from God. I came from the Father, end of the world. Now I'm leaving the world and going back to the Father. Uh, and uh, then he goes down in verse 32. Remember, the, those verses weren't there in the original language. It was... Uh, these were added later, but verse 32, but a time is coming and has come when you will be scattered each to his own home. You will leave me all alone, yet I am not alone for the Father is with me. And he says this, I have told you these things so that in me you may have what? Peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. You've overcome the world. I mean, he has overcome the world so that we can have peace. And, and he has spoken about love in this passage. He has spoken about joy in this passage. He has spoken about uh, peace in this passage. Do you have the peace of God? Do you have the love of God? Uh, do you have the joy of God? Those are those are some of the evidences of remaining in Christ, that, that we have the sense of the love of God, that we have the sense of the joy of God, that we have the sense of the peace of God in our lives as a result of living in Christ. Being in the scriptures. In fact, let me take you back. Uh, and we've looked at this before. This is one of these passages that I think every Christian should know back in Psalm 1. Psalm, I know we don't say the P, I know that. It says, blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers, 
but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. Notice what it says in verse 2. It doesn't say, but his he has devotions in the law of the Lord. It says his delight. Uh, this is a word that I stumbled over one day or, or was illumined to me one day, if you will. I mean, I'd read this word probably a thousand times before, but the word delight just came off the page and it's like clonked me right upside the head uh, because it was helping me to see it wasn't just the practice of having devotions, but an actual delight of being in God's word. And so I pray, I pray that we would have delight in his word, that we would enjoy his word, that we would love his word. His delight is in the law of the Lord. On his law, he meditates day and night. You know, this is where sometimes podcasts come into play. This is where sometimes, um, you know, listening to scripture comes into play. This is where reading the scriptures comes into play. It comes into play. Yeah. Um, ends. Wow, that was something. Uh, but uh, it comes into play to meditate on it. You know, we're sitting at a uh, sitting at a restaurant waiting to meet with somebody, and, and maybe it's the idea of, um, you know, what do I do? Well, instead of scanning Facebook, maybe we open that Bible app and, and read a passage of Scripture while we're sitting there waiting. I mean, how easy is it to get on Facebook and want to scroll? I, I mean, I'm guilty. I just want to say I am guilty of that myself. But instead, why not learn to, oh, let me just open up the scriptures and read the scriptures, listen to the scriptures, read a passage. Again, his delight is in the law of the Lord. On his law, he meditates day and night. I think this is part of abiding in Christ, learning to delight in God's word in this way. It says, he is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. Not so the wicked, they are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. The first part of this, the first three verses, the blessed man, the man who delights in the law of the Lord, the man who yields fruit, the man whose leaf does not wither, the man who prospers. Notice the connection of all of this to the word of God. And so I, I suggest that, that part of us remaining in Christ is remaining in the scriptures, keeping God's word uh, uh, in our lives, flowing and active and, and, and a regular part of, of our day. That We do these things, the way of the righteous, the way of the wicked, we learn these things. That we'd be the righteous, that we wouldn't walk in the way, but but we would uh, of of the wicked, uh, of the sinful, or the mockers. But rather, we would be people who learn to delight in God's word. Lord, I, it's my prayer for all of us. Help us to to be in the place where we delight in Your word, that we may remain in You. So, but that's that's review. I mean, there is remaining in Christ. What does that mean? Well, living with an awareness, a, a conscious awareness of the presence of God in our lives as much as we possibly can. I mean, that that is a part of remaining in Christ. Uh, doing things that will bear fruit for Christ. I mean, I think that's part of remaining in Christ, our service to Christ. Uh, prayerfulness, that we would be prayerful. Uh, demonstrating the love of God to others. I mean, I think that enables us to, 
uh, remain in Christ. Uh, certainly, the Word of God, uh, our worship of God, learning to live with, it tells us in First Thessalonians, with, with continual prayerfulness and giving thanks in all circumstances. Uh, I think those are part of helping us to live the the remaining, the abiding life in Christ. I, I, I don't I, I don't want you, and I don't think God wants you to just be a Christian. I think he wants you to be a, a, a Christian full of life. I think he wants you to be a Christian whose life is blessed. Even though the circumstances can be hard and challenging and difficult at times, that you're blessed because you know the love of God. You're blessed because you see the work of God. You're blessed because you're trusting in God. Even in difficult circumstances, you're trusting in God. And that because of your trust in God, you have a sense of the love of God, the joy of God, the peace of God in your life. That we would be fruitful Christians. I didn't say fruity Christians. There are lots of fruity Christians out there. But we would be fruitful Christians, bearing fruit for Christ, bearing bearing fruit because we encourage other believers in their walk with Christ, bearing fruit because we're a witness to the world around us and we point them to Christ and, and they see Christ in us and they want they want what we have. All of these things being true. I, you might add to the conversation. You might give thought. And tomorrow as we come to Friday's broadcast, you might say, well, I thought about some other things that we can do Um that are a part of remaining in Christ. How about understanding that we're stewards, uh, that that is a part of remaining in Christ. I'm a steward of all that God has given me. So that $100 monthly commitment that I decided to make last night to the ministry, my friends, uh, to to the ministry of ancient past disciple-making, it wasn't hard. It wasn't hard at all. So we're, we're stewards of our time. We're stewards of our treasures. Uh, we're, we're stewards of uh, the things that God has, has given us that, that you know, it's my car. Well, is it my car? Is it God's car? It's my house or is it God's house? It's my fridge or is it God's fridge? You know, all of those things to learn how to um, uh, to do these things. I, I, I conclude with this. Uh, back to uh, some in the comments here. And this is this is the living out of these things. Uh, it, it did not make sense to me when I was prompted to, to bring you grapes and a hard-boiled egg, but I knew that I was supposed to do this, that, the, that they told me to do it. So I stepped out and was obedient. Sometimes we, we think, well, there's something that we should do, and, and uh, we... Uh, Nah. Well, I, I'm trying to learn to be more readily obedient. When there's something in my heart, can, can I always say it's the Holy Spirit? I, I can't always say that I know absolutely unequivocally. But if it's a good act, if it is a, uh, if it is a uh, something that will will demonstrate the love of God, why not? Why not do it? Uh, because it will glorify Christ. Says I'm so thankful you shared how God provided for your need. It brought me joy of God to me. His word tells us He'll provide for us. He tells us He loves us. Love is an action word. The word tells us to be obedient. He uses us to show with action His great love, and that is absolutely true. I mean, love is an action verb, uh, an action word, and and that we demonstrate the love of God to other people. In fact, let me let me go one more passage. We'll land on this passage out of. First John, um, First John, let me get us over there. 
1 John chapter 3 that underscores what is being shared in the comments here. 1 John chapter 3, verse 16, 17, 18. Uh, This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for others. Now, laying down your life could be as simple as boiling up an egg and getting some grapes. I mean, it can be that simple. Uh, Anyone who has material possessions and sees his brother in need but has no pity on him, how can the love of God be in him? Dear children, let us not love with words or tongue, but with actions and in truth. That verse, verse 18, dear children, let us not love with words and tongue, but actions and truth. It, it, it takes action. We, we do what we need to do. The love of God prompts us to, to take action. Well, friends, it's time for me to get out of here, time to get you off into your day. Lord, help us to abide in Christ today in all the ways that we talked about. Help us to bear fruit for you today. Help us to demonstrate the love of God to other people today. We pray for for people that don't know Christ, uh, that uh, that you would draw them, that you would give us opportunities, that you would make us a witness before those people, uh, that they would see Jesus in us and that they would see so much hope and so much joy and so much of the love of God in us that they might inquire and say, what is it about you? Lord, may, may you help us by your spirit to, to live in that type of a way that people would want what they have, what, what we have in Christ. Lord, that's our prayer for the glory of Jesus. Lord, hear our prayer. Amen. Well, friends, I get you off into your day. I'm off today to Southwest Harbor, Maine, and for a meeting up there, and looking forward to some travel and listening time, prayer time, some phone time, and just want to encourage you to have a good day wherever you are today, and whatever you're doing, glorify Christ.